This is the Debbie Royale with your hosts, Kevin Coleman, Jeff Bell, and Christian Williams. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Royale. We are back. Last week, we covered the 2023 class quarterbacks. Went a little long, so we are going no no news, no nothing, no foreplay again. And we're going to dive into the 2023 running backs of this class and the vaunted class that everybody's been talking about for two years, and we all hope we are right about. And, you know, we're going to go through as many guys as we can. We have a lot of guys on this list, uh, except for my, my boy, Lou Nichols. But let's go to number one. Bijan Robinson from Texas. Uh, some already say he's dynasty running back too. This is kind of where he's at in, in college last year, last two years in 2021, he had 195 attempts, 1100 yards, 11 touchdowns. He also added 26 receptions, 295 yards. Uh, where, where do you have in your ranks, Jeff? Let's, let's, let's be, no, I'm just kidding. Do you have him up in the top five already for dynasty running backs though? For overall combined, um, you can make a real argument. I think you can put him there. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a mess. There's good, just a big group of guys. I believe I have even Najee Harris as my number two right now just because the volume that we're sure to get. I know a lot of the other backs are kind of in iffy situations, and, and we know that the Steelers are going to roll with him. Um, but I, you can make an argument without landing spot. That's the biggest thing. You know, is this guy a first-round pick? Is this guy going to be an early second-round pick? Is this guy a Houston Texan, or is this guy a Buffalo Bill? There are so many different things out there still to be unknown to be able to just go ahead and put him at number two based upon talent. And again, he's I think some of the questions that we might dive into, but you know, is he Saquon Barkley when it comes to an athlete? Is he, is he that level of back that the NFL teams are going to put him into the top 10 of the NFL draft? Or is he kind of, are we kind of living the Bijan life a little bit? Yeah. I mean, valid questions for sure. I think uh, today, you know, without a production grade, he is very, very close to a first round grade for me right now. Uh, very, very talented kid, very skilled runner. Uh, we're we're going to talk maybe about some limitations, but his his footwork for a guy his size is remarkable. His ability to run routes uh, out of the backfield and lined up in the slot is something that you see out of scat backs and not guys that are 220 pounds. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, and then his burst is is there. The, the limitations, the, the things that I'm worried about, I mean, we kind of see it here he's he's running for touchdowns against rice if you're watching the the video here but he's getting you know he, he's gonna get chased down in the nfl we know that he doesn't have the greatest long speed in the world uh, a lot of people are projecting a four or five for him and to me what that would do is then push him out of the first round of, of the nfl draft kevin do you think he's a first round pick do you think that we're going to be looking at a, a top 25 uh, draft pick in the NFL draft. Uh, that's such a tough question. Uh, I, I think maybe, and I'm going to say a caveat. If he runs a four, four, nine in that four, four range. Yes. Like you just mentioned, like if he can get in that, 
445, 449 in there, then they're and they're gonna buy into it. And like Jeff kind of mentioned a little bit when he's talking about the dynasty running backs, these running backs, there's a lot of cliff running backs out there on a lot of teams. And there might be, there's gonna be some reaches and there's gonna be some guys that need to get up in that range. And I know we've gone away from the the first round running back kind of thing that we've thinking of, but Bijan's the type of guy you want five years with, because if you have Bijan for five years on your, on your roster, I think it allows for flexibility. I think he can get in there. Uh, the long speed is a real issue, right? I think that is like, he doesn't have top end speed. He, he doesn't have that. And, but he doesn't seem to always get caught from behind either. Like, and this is college. So there is like that level of, of athleticism there. I think he looks great. And I think there's a lot of things he's been so good for so long. And people have kind of said, talked about him that I think we're running into prospect fatigue a little bit. He's a, he's a very good back. He's the, he's the running back one of this class right now. Uh, I love his receiving ability, though. I think that kind of sets him apart a little bit from running backs we've seen in the past in this role. Like, oh, we've said, hey, this guy's really good, but he doesn't lack that reception. So, you know, look at PPR formats. Bijan has that. Like, there's there's really not a ton of weaknesses in him game. He's pretty, he's pretty self-sufficient as a running back. He can do a lot of things. I think the injuries, he has had injuries the last two years. I mean, and you've seen that kind of happen. Um, and I think there's a couple of things that you got to look at. But again, I think he's going to be a right now. I'd have him at the back end of the first, just based on value and based on, Hey, these guys are going to go get this guy. And if he, he can test well, yeah. you think there's any chance that he shuts it down this year. If Texas were to fall out of it, you think that this is, could be a guy that decides, you know, my eyes are going to the NFL and we know the NIL deal. He's got Lamborghini deal. He's got whatever else going on with NIL. Um, but is this a chance that if you've got this guy in C2C or in college fantasy, even is there a chance he shuts it down? I wonder if that Lamborghini deal includes a minimum games played thing to kind of keep his deal going. Um, you would hate to be a brand especially that large that you've invested all this money in this kid and then he just decided he doesn't want to play anymore um i don't think that's in in bijan's uh plans at least i i don't think that unless he gets injured even if it's a minor injury maybe we could see that but ultimately he's talked about his loyalty uh he was hanging out with some usc kids over the weekend uh, i saw that this morning actually and people were speculating that he would hit the transfer portal when it opens back up in the fall um but that's not gonna happen guys uh he's he's at texas this year he already missed the cut but yeah he's he's talked about his loyalty and how he's gonna stick it out and i actually think texas could be good so i think maybe he'll stick around I think, he, but you know, they have a big game against Alabama September 10th and that, that's going to be huge for him. And if he can do very well in that game, I think we're talking about it. They have a really easy schedule though, early on. And if you look at the big 12, God, it's bad. Like it's not very good. And so, you know, unless they choke against teams like Iowa state, which I don't think so. Oklahoma, they're better than Oklahoma, right? This year, they should be better than Oklahoma this year. Um, really it comes down to Baylor at the end of the year. I mean, I think though he'll shut it down if they don't make the playoff. And I, and I, I think that's for sure. So you're looking at just the regular season. Um, but to me, he's a clear running back one. I don't have any questions about B. John from that perspective. I agree. All right, let's talk about our running back too, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, to Jeff's dismay, he is at Alabama now. He transferred there from Georgia Tech. Uh, he's probably going to you know, face him in the playoff at some point. 
I, I would say, you know, Jameer Gibbs is is a fantastic running back with some size concerns. Uh, concerns, excuse me. I think that's uh, that's where we're going to begin into. Uh, last year at Georgia Tech, he had 143 attempts, 746 yards, and four touchdowns. But what his value comes from is the receiving game. He had 35 receptions, 465 yards. Uh, he is a true dual threat running back all imaginable. The only thing I worry about is if Nick Saban decides to put him on kick return and he gets hurt, like all of Nick Saban's kick returners and, and punt returners. <laughs> and I think he's gonna, I think he's going to put him back there. Um, to you, are you worried about his size, Christian? Uh, is he big enough to be that guy? Well, yeah, I mean, I am, I, I don't know that he is 200. I know that Alabama is traditionally okay at listing players, but when they know that it's going to hurt draft stock, for example, Devontae Smith, uh, they they do give a little bit of a boost. And I, I tend to believe that he is 200. And if he hits, you know, 200, 205, we've talked about, is there room on their frame to kind of continue adding? There is with Jameer. Uh, he's a big kid, tall kid. And I think that, I don't think that he's fully maxed out. And I think getting in the Alabama weight program is going to be really really good for him i think that we could look at him weighing in at 210 at the combine and then we're going to have a discussion about who is better between him and Bajan because i do think that gibbs is in that tier of, of talent at least uh he's got incredible hands he's very very shifty and i don't think he'll lose that if he does add some weight so uh definitely interested to see how they deploy him i know Alabama tends to like a workhorse back with like um, like just kind of guys that come in and spell, but they just have too much talent there. I don't know if they're going to do that, and I don't know if Gibbs would be the first one they would think of in, in giving a workhorse role. So, um, Jeff, what do you think of, of Jameer? You know, the size is a question, I and I kind of like watching the table. What I've watched on him and receiving ability kind of reminds me a lot of James Cook. Uh, out of Georgia obviously he's had more production he's kind of been forced into that role where he's going to have more production than being on a there's a world of difference between being on Georgia versus being on Georgia Tech so that that's kind of the questions right there um, size is a question I mean you know he's a right around 200 pounds and if he weighs in at 210 if he builds his body to that you know we're kind of it's not worth talking about it, but you did kind of allude to it. And I wonder if there's a chance that he could jump Bijan because I kind of wonder with the number three guy, if he doesn't have a better chance of being the number one back in this class than even Jameer Gibbs does. And if that's the case, then, you know, maybe those should be flip flopped, but we'll get to that guy later. Um, but at the same time, the receiving ability is fantastic. And that's what you want to see somebody that can contribute in all elements of the game, especially the receiving ability when it comes to PBR for, formats and that's really kind of what we're digging in looking for we know the value of a target compared to the value of a rush i don't know that he's going to be big enough or he's going to be that type of guy that you know the only backs really that size are maybe like aaron jones or like a christian mccaffrey and usually other than that it's kind of more role specific and i think that's kind of where the nfl wants to go as well and so i, I think he's going to be a guy that you know he's going to explode in alabama i would expect but that's going to be the big question no, he's going to crush it, Alabama. Like, that that production, I mean, listen to the backfield. Like, you got Gibbs there, Jace McClellan, who's been hurt. We don't, we're going to talk about Jason in a little while. I don't know what Jace is, to be honest with you. Like, basically, his recruiters all left. There's no one there left that loved Jace, and I don't know where that comes from. Trey Sanders, 
I feel like Trey Sanders has been there forever because he has, but he's not very good. Um, and he hasn't really shown that next level. Rodell Williams is unknown. Jamarian Miller, who I really like, and Emmanuel Henderson are true freshmen coming in. But that backfield is there's a reason why they wouldn't got Gibbs. I think they're going to use Gibbs just like they use Brian Robinson Jr., albeit different kind of, you know, size. They're going to use him in different ways back there. And, you know, it would not shock me, even with the wide receiver talent that Alabama has, Gibbs would be second in targets or at least receptions on that team. Like, he is going to be that good and he's going to produce. I think guys will talk themselves into Gibbs being running back one. I, I uh, It's already kind of happening if you see it out there among the landscape because of, like you said, the PPR format. Um, I'm shocked that you compared him to a Bills player already, Jeff. I'm, I'm shocked about that. <laughs> Uh, but but no, I think he I think he's in. But you think he, is is he in the same tier for you, Jeff, with Bijan? You know, I think Bijan. Obviously, he's I don't know value the market for value fantasy, is where I come down right? on them for fantasy. Like the the value on Bijan is is higher. Whereas you know, if you can get plus to move off Gibbs, I mean that might be a, a move off to Gibbs. That might be a conversation that you can look at. But um, in terms of value, I think he. Bijan, just name brand value. Um, once you get out there, he's kind of a, a tier above himself. But um, I do think that's going to be, there's going to be, if you have the 101 next year, and if these things are trending the way that they are, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for you to move off that 101 and I think get a, a back that's going to be very similar. And so I think that's something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. We always advocate for, for value-based approaches. And I think even in like, if you're playing in a college fantasy league this year, um, if we think that Gibbs is going to be extremely productive and I would argue that he has more touchdown upside then, then maybe you can get Gibbs and something on the NFL side or, or just another wide receiver or something uh, to move off of Bajan. And I think that's a viable option because I think, Production wise, they're going to be pretty close. Um, and then, Dev, you know, at, at the NFL level, I expect these two and probably the next few guys to be off the board in the top 50 picks. This running back class is just stupid. It's absurd. I love it. I, I so will. Fun. I want to have a caveat with Gibbs, though. He's got to produce because he hasn't produced at Georgia Tech. Whether whatever that is, like you looked at Georgia Tech, you look at his production that he came up. They didn't use him the right way. I know that you know that offense was god awful. So I know out there, if you're listening, I saw it. You still got to produce like we can't you're not getting drafted in the second round if you go and get 700 yards rushing like it's not going to happen. I don't care where you're at like you got to show that. But realistically, he could rush for a thousand yards and have like 700 yards receiving like this kid's going to produce if he's healthy. So um, and I agree. I agree on the value thing. I will say after the top two, even though we like this class. They're question marks. So I, I want us to be very, or I, I, I will, I won't speak for these guys. I, th there are some issues. Like we like these class, but these guys got to actually hit their potential. And I think that's the key. Like we're projecting forward on these guys. Our running back three for the consensus for the Debbie Royale is Zach Evans. Zach has had an interesting career to say the least 2020. He went to TCU after kind of bouncing around everywhere, 54 attempts, 415 yards and four touchdowns. He dealt with COVID all kinds of other issues last year. He looked good. I mean, he averaged seven yards of carry, 92 attempts, 648 yards and five touchdowns. But then he left after his head coach got fired and we didn't see him again. Uh, he transferred to Ole Miss, which we all agree is an amazing spot for him based on even just looking at the running backs there in that offense last year. Uh, but Evans is a knucklehead and we've got to see Evans have that potential and be there. And, and I think that to me, the biggest weakness for him, I mean, he's, he's a really shitty 
pass blocker. Uh, but that doesn't matter as much as people want to make it out to be. He, uh, for fantasy, um, he, he's, it's his head, right? If he turns his head around, he's fine. I, do you think Lane Kiffin's that guy, Jeff? You think he can, he can turn <laughs> Zach Kevin's head around? You know, I think Lane has matured a little bit and settled down a little bit in uh, his time with Ole Miss. And and so I don't think that he's the um, same exact guy as, as what we saw a little bit um, earlier in his career. So, you know, I think that that's a positive. <laughs> um, the biggest thing with Evans is just the ceiling is right. The ceiling is there to be the top back in this class, bottom line, pure out. Like he's, he could have the most talent in this class. And realistically, he could be the guy that rushes for 2000 yards this year. Bajan might have an injury ding year and we might be having a completely different conversation when we're sitting here nine months from now, because that that's in play. And you have to recognize that with Zach Evans and with Bajan Robinson as well, that, and that's kind of what I was alluding to with Jameer Gibbs as well, that um, if you if you feel like Gibbs could be the number one back in this class, then OK, that, that's one thing. But if you don't think if you think those limitations on his size limit him in that role and you don't view him as being able to be the number one back, but Zach Evans could be the number one back. Uh, I almost wonder, is there should these guys be flip flopped in your ranks if you have that type of mindset? And, and I think that that's obviously we need to see Evans do a little bit more, but realistically, the numbers that he's put up are not that far off the numbers that Jameer Gibbs yeah. has put up. And even Bajan, it's, it's, we know the talents there and we've seen it flash on film and we've seen his usage. He hasn't put up fantastic numbers. I mean, he hasn't gone to 1200 yards rushing yet or anything like that. So it's just one of these things that, even Bajan, we're kind of waiting for, is there, is that next level there? And who out of these backs is going to show that this year? And whoever does it could be the guy that as much as it seems like Bajan Robinson is a tier by himself, whoever does do that and achieves that could easily be the running back one in this class. Yeah. So Zach Evans, I, he, he absolutely has RB one potential. I think that Bajan right now is in a tier of his own, but when you watch Evans and Gibbs, and really I think that's where my next tier break is, when you watch them, you see what the upside can be. Evans has been this good with bad footwork, a bad headspace, not great patience. Like He has been an explosive player. And in a TCU offense that wasn't really that good, um, now I don't know if we're going to get to talk about the the other back from the TCU program that has actually flashed some really good stuff as well. I think one of Kevin's favorites, but uh, you know, I am, I am ecstatic to see what Zach Evans can be in that Ole Miss rushing attack, because ultimately it's better than what TCU has. Now, will he be used as a pass catcher as much? I mean, Jerry and Ely kind of was last year. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to use him. And I don't know if he can, kind of shake some of those off-field concerns people forget he was the top rated back in that recruiting class until all of the crap went down um he had committed i think to georgia. i think there was a point where he yeah he had committed to georgia and then they pulled out um which is kind of what we're seeing with javon baker with kentucky which is not it's not a good sign but uh it doesn't seem like he really got right at tcu either but that program has been kind of a mess so if we can kind of answer some of those off-field concerns, there's no reason that Zach Evans shouldn't be a top 50 pick based on talent alone. And ultimately, 
we talked about Bajan being the top five dynasty back with the current landscape of dynasty. I think you can make an argument for all three of these guys to be RB ones immediately as rookies. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a hot take at all, especially with the running back class where it's at. Like, you know, we've dived into it. I mean, there's guys out there like after the top five, I'm very unsure about the dynasty running back landscape. I just really am. Um, and you know what? Evans is a good receiver. I think he's underrated as a receiver. Like he's not that, f- I mean, Gibbs is very talented, but he's not that far behind Gibbs based on just athleticism and what he can do. Like you saw him get out wide. You saw him move around. That's why I'm interested to see what Lane Kiffin will do with him. Are they going to move him around in that scheme a little bit? Um, and I love that. I love how fast like his, his feet and what he's able to do when he does run and he's actually efficient there. His ability to make sharp cuts, good patience. I actually think he fits both styles of basically, you know, rushing offenses in the NFL, but a zone blocking scheme, I would fall in love with like if he went to Miami or someplace like this like where he's going to get drafted I'd fall in love with him so more I mean I already love the kid I think that he's very special um and I think he can work through some of his mistakes I do like the Ole Miss slams me spot he's going to get volume really Ulysses Bentley's there another transfer uh but he's he's the guy and when I was listening to 247 sports beat reporter for Ole Miss he said the one guy that stood out to him the whole time they were watching was Zach Evans and that does not surprise me I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that should be expected, too, because that's the best back they've had. I mean, they just had Snoop Connor get drafted. Jerry Neely was productive. Yeah. Imagine what Zach Evans can do in that offense then. <laughs> like, it's just, it's crazy. All right. So I, I will say that's a good tier break for us. Like, you got those top three guys who we think are talented and have it. After that, you have some guys that um, some are higher on than others. And then you have some guys that we're higher on. And we're higher on this guy than I think a lot of people, which that's okay. We're usually right. So let's look at number four. Uh, our fourth guy is Kendall Milton from Georgia. And Kendall Milton, obviously, been in the backfield that's just been overloaded with talent there. James Cook. Uh, Zamir White, all these other guys that we've seen coming through there. Last season, he kind of got in the field a little bit more. 6'1", 220 kid. He's big. 56 attempts, 264 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, not not really any receiving work, but he can receive. I, I'm gonna we're gonna show you that if you're watching on the, on YouTube. If you're not, he does have that ability, and he and he kind of runs into a running back room that's actually wide open, fellas. Like Kenny McIntosh is there or McIntosh, whatever you want to say there, but he got in some trouble. I don't know how, where he's going to be at. Uh, Kendall Milton's probably the running back one of this team on a team that's going to be trying to repeat for a national title. Um, what is your opinion on Milton, uh, Jeff? What, what did you see from him? The frame is the thing that stands out. I think he's built, he's ready to go in the NFL game. I, I feel like right now that physicality is going to be there. Um, you know, the, obviously we saw two Georgia running backs get drafted this year. And so, you know, that pipeline's open and, and, you know, I think that there are certain schools, certain positions that you feel comfortable betting on. And I think that right now we're in a place where we're going to be willing to bet on Georgia running back um, for, as a, for the time being. And so if he's the next guy and that offense really needs to lean on him because if they're going to have Stetson <laughs> Bennett still be the quarterback. And I don't know, that is a tough spot because the, the kid won you a national championship and he's going to be a Georgia legend. But at the same time, anybody that argues if Brock Vandergriff is still hanging around, um, anybody that argues the terms of talent between the two of them, it's not really that close. And so uh, it's, 
that offense is going to need Kendall Milton to step up, or they're going to need McIntosh if he gets it figured out to step up and, and use that dual headed backfield that we've seen so successfully out of that school in the past. But again, it just goes back to the physicality and the frame and, and he's ready to go at the NFL level. And we see some explosive breakaway runs here. Obviously that's high school. That's a little bit of a different game, but we haven't really gotten to see that opportunity in Georgia. And, and last year, you know, coming into the season, we kind of were hoping that there would be a three headed backfield with him involved. And that obviously didn't, didn't play out, but it, you know, it's, he's got an opportunity. Well, ultimately, I think him forcing his way on the field a little bit even was a good thing considering uh, both of those backs got drafted in the first four rounds of the NFL draft. And and I've said it, he was the most talented one. He's better than James Cook. He's better than Zamir White. And we know how much, you know, I, I like James Cook. I didn't like him as much as Jeff probably, but I love Zamir White. And Kendall Milton to me is like, if you kind of put the two together, um, Kendall Milton's contact balance is just absolutely ridiculous and then if you're watching the youtube you saw all the jump cuts that he's able to do his footwork for a guy that size again it's kind of like bajan that stuff shouldn't be possible for 220 pound guys and he does that consistently he flashed that last year i think like kevin said he has the ability to catch passes and he is an extreme athlete i i wouldn't be shocked if he's another georgia running back or Georgia player that was over an eight RAS or whatever the record was this year. Uh, Cause they set the record for most athletic uh, draft class. But yeah, I mean, I love this kid. I think that he's walking into extreme opportunity as well because of the Kenny McIntosh uncertainty. But then after that, there aren't too many guys that I would think grab a role. So we could be looking at a productive athlete with great film, uh, and the ability to catch passes. He looks like a workhorse at the NFL level. Sign me up. Give me give me the workhorses. Hey, and you got to remember, Georgia was one of the best rushing teams in the country last year, but also rushing attempts per game, 36. I mean, where are those going to go? They're going to go to him, and there's not – we're just – you know, I think Branson Robinson, the true freshman coming in there, he's going to get some run because I don't think those other guys, Dejon Edwards, even McIntosh, and, and even Savon Clark, who's there – I don't know how much they really matter, to be honest. I think Branson Robinson's going to get some run, too, because they want to do that dual-head running um, running attack. But Kendall's the guy. like, And just an aside, Stetson Bennett's trash. Okay, let me move on. So when you're looking at that, they're just that offense is not going to be able to run with Stetson Bennett there throwing the ball like they did last year. They got to get a guy like Milton. And what that's going to do is going to showcase his skills. Like, I think people are sleeping on Milton. Like, I ranked Milton. I don't remember where I had him. I didn't have him as high as some people. I had him in my top six, whatever it was. Um, and people were like, what are you ranking off of, 247 sports? And it's like, no, I'm ranking off athleticism and what he can show. Just because he's been behind two guys that got drafted in the NFL doesn't mean he's bad. Um, that's how you get group of five running backs that you draft and you think are good. And that's not, that's not the, that's a losing strategy in Debbie. Like Milton is based on projection. You want to find a good running back. Look at Georgia's running backs. You know, we're talking guys that have played Sony, Michelle, Chubb, Swift. All of these guys have been there. Cook, Zamir. Zamir is going to get some run in the, with the Raiders. Like you're looking at guys like this. Kendall's that guy. Big frame. I will say he runs a little tall for me. He worked on that a little bit. I saw in the spring game, you can see that his, his running style has changed a little bit there. He has dealt with injuries. Like his senior year of high school, he didn't play because he had knee injury. So his freshman year, he's coming in, getting kind of acclimated to that system. COVID too, wiped out his preseason. So we're, I know I'm not making excuses for him, but he's talented. Like um, there's a, there's a lot of great things to like about him. And he's, he's probably one of my biggest risers of this class. I think he can rise up pretty high. 
Absolutely. And yeah, and don't say I scout off at 247 Sports. That's 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 not very nice. Um, all right, let's go to our next guy. So, you know, it's interesting because we haven't talked about Sean Tucker yet. We're still not going to talk about Sean Tucker. So if you want to cancel us out there, Debbie community, you go right ahead. Uh, we're going to talk about Tank Bigsby, okay? We're going to be looking at him from Auburn. And Tank is interesting because everybody loves Tank, and Tank's a value right now. That dude is slipping down draft boards and all the drafts that I've seen, and I don't understand it. You know, last year, 223 attempts, 1,000 yards, almost 1,100, 10 touchdowns. He had 21 receptions, 184 yards. Uh, you know, he's in a he was a terrible offense last year. Bo Nix was okay. Then you're looking at his head coach was sleeping with an assistant, allegedly. Like, there was a lot of questions about that Auburn team last year. Why do people hate Tank, Christian? What, what is going on with Tank? Uh, because they look at stats, and he was pretty inefficient with his work last year. But when you're battling a bad offensive line, bad quarterback play, and a bad situation – uh, where they're still trying to like they're still trying to run when they're down because they know that that is the best method to coming back in games. Uh, so when everyone knows you're running the ball, you're not going to be as efficient unless you're a special special player. And I don't think that Tank is that, but I also don't think that Tank is as bad as he's been made out to be. He's got really really good short area burst. Um, if you're watching YouTube, you see that right now. Like he he finds cutback lanes. He's got really good vision. Um, the long speed again that's just not going to be there and it's probably the most overvalued thing that we talk about with running backs sure you love your home run hitters you love your guys like Travion Henderson who just have special athleticism and are special runners but you're not going to get that with every single back especially you know RB5 in a class but Tank can absolutely be the RB1 for a team I don't know if he's ever really going to be a workhorse uh, he does show a little bit of game in, in receiving, though. Like, he has some decent hands. Um, the, Auburn plans to use him more in the receiving game, and I think that that will showcase what he can do there a little bit better. Uh, but I, I like him. I, I came away feeling better about Tank than I thought I was going to based on the market value of him. Jeff, how, how are you feeling about Tank? Do you think he's better than Zamir White? I do. Yeah, I, I think he's more athletic than there. Okay. okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I kind of think the same thing too. Um, there's a, a different level of explosion, I think, between him and, and Zamir White. The big question is going to be, um, what's his role? You know, is he going to be an early down back? Is he a guy that can take that passing down work at the next level? Can he refine his game? Can he be an all around back or is he just going to be a committee member? And that's, it just kind of there again, you know, we're at the point of the year where we're going to have questions about these guys, but you really want to see him really step forward. And and they kind of use that dual headed backfield last year, but we talked about how much they had to run last year and they probably will have to do the same thing this year. I wouldn't expect Auburn to take dramatic leaps forward and be good. Um, Auburn fans, I'm sorry to let that out there, but you know, I think that's probably pretty realistic given the situation around the team. Um, but again, he's, he's another guy that, um, I just think, yeah, I think we're on the same place on Milton that the ceiling is a little bit higher on Milton if he is able to get there. Um, but, but Bigsby tank, he, he is a very productive running back and he is going to be, he's an NFL player. Where, where would you put him? If you had to put him in this year's class running back two or three, would I'd you probably put him, put ahead, him at, ahead of Walker or behind? I would put him behind Walker. I think, I think Walker showed a little bit more um, explosion. And I think, um, you know, the way that Michigan state really relied on Walker, I think that that 
I'd put yeah. him behind Walker. So hang on. I'm, I'm looking this up because uh, I'm interested yeah. to see I'll, I'll, we can come back to it. Well, it's um, a thought process, right? Cause I'm trying to think of like, if tank was in this class, which is deemed a little bit, well, we, we know it's not as good as the 2023 class. I mean, you got to also level like tank being five or six in this class. He's still probably a first round draft pick and rookie drafts like he's he's probably going to get that draft capital even if we win the third round i would assume he's going to go in there and i, I do want to point out I'll go ahead Christian. i was just going to say he'd be my three yeah. i would still have walker ahead of him that fits though right he'd be probably running back three but he's he'd be to be honest he'd be a top eight pick nine he'd be in there somewhere i don't know if you would reach yeah. out sky more over tank bigsby um so just put that in perspective and we're thinking of, of of him as a runner i think he's fine as a runner you guys mentioned all that kind of stuff the thing i, I think i want to touch on because i know people will talk about it jarquez hunter gets some love because he took some work away from bigsby jarquez hunter is not very okay i'm gonna get canceled by kane but I, jarquez hunter is not very he's not. good he's okay he he's okay but i i would not draft hunter and Debbie. Don't do that. No. He is not a Debbie asset. I think that he was a spot runner. He's at 200 pounds listed, which I'm not going to love about him. Um, he showed flashes, but then when he actually really needed to carry the workload, he could not do it. And they leaned the tank later in the season. And Harson did admit that they tried to spell tank in the beginning of the year for SEC schedule later in the year, which really just tells you everything you need to know about Brian Harson as a coach. Um, but I, I, in my opinion, I don't, th I don't look at Hunter being like him losing work to Hunter, I think is a coaching problem. And Harson just trying to like be cute with his new recruit that he brought in and saying, Hey, we're going to get you some love here. They're not even close. Bigsby and Hunter, they're not even close in the same stratosphere as prospects in my opinion. I agree. 100% Hunter is 200 pounds and he runs like he's 220. <laughs> it's gross yeah he runs like me that's that's all you need to say like he runs like my fat ass chasing after my kids at the park um all right let's go to running back six so we got tank now would we say there's still the same tier milton bigsby and and our guy uh sean tucker we got sean tucker at six which may be low for some i know i got yelled at call a hater because i didn't have him in my top three uh last year he did produce though 246 attempts 1400 yards almost 1500 yards 12 touchdowns he had 20 receptions 255 yards and while at syracuse he has shown production and he has shown he kind of came in as an unheralded recruit um worked his way up in that I would say hard depth chart, but it's Syracuse, but he worked his way up and he's gotten the production there. I mean, they haven't had quarterback play. They haven't had those things. I will be honest with everybody out there listening. I struggle with Sean Tucker's profile and I struggle with the runner that he is. Um, he, he, I don't know quite what to do with him. And I feel like six or five is about where I want to put him right now. Cause I'm not necessarily sure that he's going to be a great NFL running back. Am I crazy Jeff or am I, or am I on the right track? He's going to be a, a workout guy. Yeah, I mean, he is. And and that's going to be, he's got the sprinter speed. He's got that track background. He's going to be, if he comes in at 215 and flirts with low four threes or something like that, when it comes to the 40, you already know what's going to happen in the value in the marketplace. And so that's kind of where it's, it's tough to weigh him against. If you're looking at tank in, in terms of tank being a more natural running back and NFL running back, and you're concerned about the processing and things like that with Tucker at the same time, as soon as the combine comes, 
you know Tucker is going to be one of those guys that everybody's going to be talking about and circling twice. And so that's kind of where you have to weigh it, I guess. And and if you're not going to be high on Tucker now, you're probably not going to have Tucker because it's I could see his stock going up, but then he could be a guy that disappoints on draft day. But, you know, it comes down to it really only takes one team to buy in, and that's the that's got to be a consideration on him. Yeah, so I'll save you guys from being canceled, and I'll just cancel myself here. He's my RB10 right now. Um, I I struggle greatly with his contact balance, um, and Syracuse plays really no one, man. Like, And when they do play people, that's where I have the most concern. He falls down. The wind can blow, and I feel like he's fallen down. And I think that's problematic. I think that if you're going to look at a guy to be a workhorse back, you want them to be able to withstand some of those hits and and get you some extra yards. He's fast. And we saw some of that on that, that tape, but it's not always there. He's constantly struggling to process. I think, especially between the tackles, a lot of his runs are are bouncing out because he is good in space. Um, Syracuse runs an inside zone. And I do think that, that plays a part in it. Syracuse is not very good. And I will give him credit for being productive because teams kind of knew that they were going to give him the ball. And so uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I am too low after looking at where I have him, but you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if he is a workhorse. I, I tweeted out that he reminds me of Miles Sanders. And it's interesting because I liked Miles Sanders as a prospect and I don't really like Tucker, at least compared to consensus. I still think he's a good back and probably a day two draft pick. So I can't be completely out on him, but I just kind of like a ton of guys in this class anyway. So I want to, why is he at Syracuse? I mean, in the landscape in the NIL and transfer portal and, um, you know, because I like USC needs a running back and, you know, like why is USC not banging? If, if he's really this good, if he's really the number three running back in the class, why isn't USC banging down that door to put him in their backfield? And I don't know. I, I do think that there's some level of wondering, obviously it's great. If a guy feels like he's loyal to has that loyalty to the school and, and that is all there and, and whatnot. But uh, you know, obviously Jordan Addison decided he'd, needed to get out and it just goes back to if he's really that good um and if other schools are seeing him that good if the nfl seeing him that good um i I wonder if it's part of i don't know it it seems like he could be a trap too because that production he seems like a profile we know he's fast he's been productive and he's a great college fantasy guy and and i think that that's a profile that kind of gets burnt a little bit in when you're playing in the debbie game and again in the nil and transfer portal i feel like if usc is out there needs a running back like make that phone call and i don't know here's some stories about that but that's just the way i see it well first of all how dare you take a shot at my boy austin jones from usc they have a running back okay (laughs) don't be why are you taking man my boy jones taking strays from jeff uh bell this you know this evening but i will say you're right who why the hell i remember he doesn't even like his head coach <laughs> how first how is dino baber still a head coach you know this is gonna be his seventh year at syracuse yeah it's ridiculous yeah find you someone that loves you like syracuse loves the average ability of dino babers but anyway like he was very critical of his head coach and his play calling and he stayed 
that you bring up a good point. I mean, that is a realistic. Why is he still there if he's that good? I mean, Alabama needed a running back and he produced more than Jameer Gibbs. Why didn't he, you know, why wasn't there no talk about those things? Like, I, I do agree. I, I don't think he's going to run that fast in the 40 either. That's my hot take. I, everybody like talks about how he had a recorded 429 in high school, which is bullshit. I, I, I think he's going to run the four fives. That's my hot take. I don't think he's as fast as people give him credit for. We're going to get I, I think he's a four four guy still, but the problem is he's a four four guy when he's in shorts and he's running. And like his track times are pretty good. I, I kind of looked those up as I was because I everyone's raving about it how fast he is. Where is it? Where is it on the film? Play I speed is that. not the same. Like yeah. I don't get it. He struggles. I, I struggle with him. I, I, I have him behind Tank. I have him pretty close to where this is at. He's in that tier, but I think he's a workout guy like Jeff talked about. Like, I, I question what he's going to be on the field. Now, again, though, would he be running back three of this class that we've seen? Maybe. Probably. I don't know. Probably. But you're looking at it from this perspective. Like, I, I struggle with Sean. I, I really do. Some people have the running back, too. And that scares the shit out of me because I don't see that. I don't see that level of talent. I don't see him in that same tier. All right. Let's talk about Michigan. I'm going to be depressed. All right. So our next guy, Blake Corum, and uh, obviously a kid I like, 5'8", 200. Last year, he did well until he got a high ankle sprain. 144 attempts, 952 yards and 11 touchdowns. 24 receptions, 141 yards in the receiving game. I like Blake, uh, but I will be honest. I am not a homer to any imagination. I'm actually down on my guys more than anybody. So these guys are going to have to talk me out of this. I don't see him. I see him as a mere white, really. Like I kind of based around there, like in terms of like draft capital, I don't see him necessarily being a, a real Debbie asset. Like I wouldn't draft Blake Corman Debbie. I would draft a wide receiver. That's how I look at like drafts like right now. And then my crazy Jeff, I know you're, you love Michigan. So I'm, I'm excited to hear your take on Blake Corman. <laughs> is he going to get any passing work is my question in Michigan, because I think Donovan Edwards has kind of flashed in that role a little yeah. bit. And so um, I don't know if he's going to, I don't know if he's going to be um, the guy that gets that passing game work or if they use Donovan Edwards in that role. And if we don't see Blake Corum getting any passing work uh, in this frame, that's got to be major, major questions. Um, you know, I, we talked about Jameer Gibbs having the ability to put some weight on in his frame. I think Corum's got a little bit of that too, uh, but at the same time, uh, it's, I don't know. I struggle with him as well. I think he's going to be very productive in Michigan, obviously the way that they're going to run their offense and feature him and he's flashed and you can't deny that, but it just goes back to what kind of role are you going to use him in? And they really needed Hassan Haskins to step up last year as the big yeah. back to lead that backfield towards the end of last year, because Corum, I don't know if he wore down. He got, he did get hurt. I, I believe I'm remem remembering correctly, um, but it's just, what's the role going to be? And if we're not seeing passing work in a smaller back, is that a guy who can really buy in on? Yeah. Corum to me is more in line with what we wanted Kyron Williams to be. Um, and like we, so with without like respect to the the passing work that he really he he does need to show a little bit more there. But what I think Blake Corm actually has is he is athletic. I, I think he's definitely more athletic than Kyron. I'm, everyone is, to be fair. Um, but he's a small guy. He's a rocked up two hundred, but like rocked up two hundred or 
rocked up 195 is is kind of what I'm looking at right now. Is he actually being listed at his correct weight? Um, he's a talented runner, though. I, you know, I, I do like what he has flashed on film. I think he does have that long speed. He does have really good vision, and he has the burst to kind of hit holes um, in a way that not all of these backs really do. I think that's something that separate. I have Corum ahead of Sean Tucker. I think that Corum does identify what is happening at the second level a little bit better than Tucker. And I think the the part that I struggle with is I know Tucker is going to be a day two draft pick, but is Corum going to get that? I would bet on it. I would bet on round three capital right now, but I also could see him fall into the fourth or the fifth. And then that's where you're kind of left holding the bag. And so to Kevin's point, I think I would rather take a shot on a wide receiver where he's going in, in Debbie drafts, but he's going to be productive. Like Jeff said, at, at Michigan, he will split more time with Donovan Edwards. I think this year, I think it, that it's going to be a two headed attack and I'm interested to see how that plays out. I think Edwards is better. So he is better, even though there's some slanderous stuff going on about Donovan Edwards, but this isn't a Michigan show. Uh, <laughs> I, I think with Blake Corm though, like, what are we talking about? Because a lot of these guys at this point, he's not going to be a workhorse. So he's not relevant to me and Debbie. That's kind of how I look at it. Like I've really shifted now. Like I love Blake Corm as a player. Um, he, you know, he helped us beat Ohio state last year. Shout out. Uh, but he's as a, as a Debbie asset, I don't want to take guys in this. There's a running back dead zone in Debbie. And he's part of that right now. Cause he's getting overdrafted based on, I don't know what he's not the best running back on his roster. And yeah, like to Jeff's credit, Hassan Haskins was better than him last year. And Hassan Haskins got drafted in the, I want to say the fifth or sixth, fifth, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I had asked Jeff. He's my boss. Uh, so yeah, I would say the fifth, like Hassan Haskins was there. I, I wouldn't Blake Quorum fifth, sixth, probably round. Like, and I, I know I'm pessimistic because I'm a Michigan fan. I just can't be, I can't be optimistic about my guys. That's just not who I am, but I just don't see him as a Debbie relevant guy. I just don't. That's fair. Sorry, Christian. I know we're fighting now, uh, but uh, next guy, number eight, uh, former Michigan running back, uh, Zach Charbonnet. Biggest idiot in this class because he came back to school. Now, I hate to say that. I want to say that. But, it, I mean, he should have went. He should have came out last year. He would have been probably running back three of the class. Uh, he had a great year last year, 2021. 203 attempts, 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns. Flashed a little bit as a receiver, 197 yards and 24 receptions. Do you either one of you guys know why he came back to school? No, no but my my assumption would be that he didn't get the draft grade that he wanted. Um, based on the fact that I think he probably got a fourth round grade. And and looking back on that, some team would have reached and said, okay, I'll take him in the third. He would have been a day two draft pick, I think, uh, just based on where the other backs in this class went. He, he's a talented kid. I mean, he's got good contact balance. Everyone says how great of an athlete he is. I mean, I, I don't think his lateral agility is really all there. I, th I think that... Um, that's where I struggle with him is he reminds me of AJ Dillon when AJ Dillon was in school. But then I look at what AJ Dillon is now and I say, oh, okay, I can see it. You know, I can see where Zach Charbonnet could lead a, a rushing attack. Maybe he's not a, a huge uh, performer in the passing game, but he can catch balls. You know, he can catch a dump off and Najee Harris is a top five dynasty back because of that. So um, 
because he really can't catch either for what it's worth. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're seeing it and he's got some nice bursts. So uh, Jeff, what do you think of Charbonnet? My, well, we talk about not being in this class, and I think there's two things that are concerning with that because obviously the depth of this running back class is one thing. You know, we've got him eighth on our list, and it's really hard path for him to jump a lot of the guys in front of him. The guys at the top, he's just not going to be there. But two, you look at the amount of big power backs that came in in this class where you've got, you mentioned Haskins, we Brian Robinson we talked about. We've got Tyler Algier. We've got Damian Pierce. We've got Isaiah Spiller. And all those guys have a year head start on claiming that role on a team where it, that's where Charbonnet, that's what his role would be. And so all those guys already have a, a year's head start being in those systems, being in those programs and potentially being productive and the team liking those guys. And so not only does he sit behind the 23 guys and he might've been, he probably would have been in front of those 22 guys, but now he might sit behind them as well because they're already kind of one of those things, musical chairs, they've already claimed a seat. And so it's just going to be a, a question on, are there going to be enough seats? And there's always going to be a need in the NFL level for running backs. But might we see a situation where the top end talent in this class goes early and then just the depth through it pushes everybody else down? And all of a sudden you're talking about we were really excited about Zach Charbonnet when he potentially could have been a day two pick. But if he's a fifth round pick in this loaded draft class, now do you have a third round pick that you're kind of using versus I think people – admittedly i think people were too high on him like coming in through the process coming in and really realistically a lot of it played out because he was in that week zero game last year and he went off in that game and everybody was watching that because it was one of the very first college football games of the year and and you get the right people on twitter right people in the community talking about him because of that game and he kind of it was one of those he he didn't really have that workhorse role that you wanted to see with usc where he would he would have productive 100 yard games on you know getting 15 carries but he wasn't exactly the putting it all on him and so that's going to be the big question i yeah i, I don't have a lot to say about charbonnet i think he should have came out this year but you like you said I, I just don't see a back like him making that much of and debbie right like some guys have him as their top five guys though like and and i, I don't see that i think and like you mentioned, like I, I'm biased too. So I'm going to be, I don't like Charbonnet cause he left Michigan and that hurt my soul, but he's going to get a ton of volume, right? At UCLA, you're, he's going to get volume. That team is really bad. They don't have a lot of wide receivers. They got our boy Jake Bobo from Duke, but if you're getting a transfer wide receiver from Duke, you're going to not be very good in the passing game. Um, go ahead. Not only that, like I was, no, I, no, but everyone's raving about Jake Bobo. Uh, yeah. Like all the UCLA beats are saying how the offense is going to like filter through him the passing offense it's going to filter through charbonnet yeah but, but. dtr is still or their quarterback yeah. so i don't see uh, that's going to be nice getting a ball thrown off the off the turf uh yeah i think you know to me charbonnet is whatever i think at this point you're looking at does he feel the upside of this class i don't know this next guy we're going to talk about though is going to feel the upside and i think that's kind of where we get into like i think the re this tier where we're at with quorum and charbonnet is based on like hey, they've produced and they're going to produce next year. Um, but then you're going to take some shots. Uh, and I think, and I know Christian loves this next guy. And that is uh, John Emery Jr. from LSU. Starter now. He's back. Uh, he didn't have a, he didn't play last year because of uh, issues, uh, off the field issues, concerns, uh, all of that. But he's back now. 
he he came in as a very highly touted recruit uh, in 2019. He had 180 yards and four touchdowns. Didn't do too much. 2020, 307 yards and three touchdowns. He's there. But this kid is really, really good runner if he can figure his life out. Is that true, Christian? Is this why you like him? Man, so, yes, uh, very, very talented runner. Um, And I'm talking, like, in the tier with the special guys if everything lines up. Um, So, clearing things up. So, the the off-the-field stuff, that is strictly academic. He was ruled academically ineligible last year. And so he also had that happen in high school. So really school is the problem. <laughs> he's not there. He's not there to play school. He's not there to play school. He's there to play football. That's an Ohio and state line right there, baby. It sure is. Yeah. Cardale said that I believe, yeah. um, but John Emory jr. Is a special runner. His feet are just remarkable. His lateral agility. Again, just talking about uh, for a guy, his size, he shouldn't be able to move like that. He's, um, just absolutely ridiculous. Um, he can catch passes and he can make things happen after the catch. That was good timing. If you're watching the YouTube, uh, it's just, I, I love this kid. He's my RB four right now. And I know that that's a hot take. And uh, I got a DM from someone when I posted that and they basically said, uh, I thought I was the only one. So hopefully we have some Emory truthers show themselves in the next few weeks uh, before the season starts, because I think once the season starts, you're going to be on the train or you're going to be left behind. And I'm on it. I'm hopefully leading it. I love Emery. Yeah, he's, he's a good back. And there's plenty of opportunity. LSU is going to need him in that offense. And um, again, you know, I think you've done a great job running through everything and we're kind of on time. So uh, good job. Well, he's going to be the Noah Kane's not taking his workload. (laughs) I don't Noah Kane is not. I like Noah Kane last year. I don't like Noah Kane anymore. I was going to say, I haven't seen a single thing about Noah Kane. Yeah. Not a single thing. Everything's about Emery and Goodwin. You got to look Goodwin. up, look up Noah Kane's high school film. Then they talk about him. I, I don't see him being that. Like I, I don't, I think Amani Goodwin is better than him. And I think Trey Bradford is better than Noah Kane. I think John Emery is going to be the guy to step up on. Now, if you're like me and love risk, I'll take John Emery in a Debbie draft over any of these other guys, because I think he's going to have the most value and guys are afraid of him. And I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of new Debbie players out there. They don't know who the hell John Emery jr. Is. So if you're kind of in a newer league and you're not, you're accustomed to this, there's not a lot of people talking about him because these things are reciprocal and they miss out after a year. The cycle goes through and you got guys reaching for Zach Charbonnet and John Emery is going in the fourth or fifth round. That's money. Like that's what we're talking about. When you think of Kenneth Walker and these other guys that pop up, John Emery could be that guy. Offense is not going to be good. I don't know who the quarterback is going to be. God help us. Uh, And then with Boutte being there and maybe injured, maybe not, but Emory can pop off. And if, and if TDP can get third round draft capital, John Emory <laughs> might be able to get some draft capital that we're talking about from this offense. Absolutely. All right, let's go into our next ones. We'll go a little quicker now. Uh, I don't really have a lot to say about the next guy. Jace McClellan from Alabama hasn't really stepped up. Been injured. Obviously they thought he'd be maybe the guy this last year. And then he basically was injured and he missed the year. I had 40 attempts, 191 yards. Couldn't get on the field, even though he wasn't injured anyway. Um, I'm pretty out on Jason McClellan. Are you guys out? I feel like Mayan Williams is better than him, but (laughs) that's what it is. Uh, I don't feel the same, but I also feel like they're (laughs) in the same exact tier from my grades. So 
let's rock. I mean, Jace, to me, there's a reason they went and got Gibbs. It's because they don't trust Jace or Roydell. And so he's an Alabama running back. He could sneak into round three for whatever reason because people look at helmets, but that's about it. I have Lou Nichols over Jace. If anybody wants to know like where I feel where Jace is at, like, I just don't think that's a two forty seven scouting report. If someone's talking about Jace being a top five guy, they don't, they haven't watched college football. Like I'm surprised he didn't transfer word is he wanted to transfer to Oklahoma and Oklahoma said, no, if Oklahoma is <laughs> telling you to know that's especially with all the exodus that we saw come out of there, that's a problem. That's the rumor. I'm out. Like if Oklahoma didn't want you, then I don't want you. Like, I mean, and then you, yeah, I'm out. I'm out there. Uh, I, I think we might get canceled for this next one. I didn't even really think about how we, how far we had him down. Um, Devin, a chain, Texas A&M uh, running back 11 for us. Consensus wise, five, nine, one Obviously, you know, 2021, he had 910 yards, nine touchdowns, looked really good behind Spiller. I think they, they basically kind of had that dual backfield back there. 24 receptions, 261 yards uh, receiving, I like him, but he's too small for me. Is that kind of where you guys are at too? Yep. yep. Same place. Yeah. He kind of seems like maybe a gadget role and I don't know. I don't know if he's, he's got that top and speed obviously, but is he uh, quick enough in short areas in the NFL game is kind of like, can he make enough guy? Can he make a guy miss in the box to be able to be, um, you know, Whereas in college, he can break a tackle and, and get out to the back end, as we see on this clip. And yeah, that speed's going to play in that situation. Um, but it, those plays kind of play different in the NFL. He's Naheem Hines, That's, it, and it's fine. He can be that, and that could be valuable in fantasy. But why would I bet on that when I can bet on a guy I think could be Naheem Hines and also maybe Jonathan Taylor? Like, not that any of these guys are Jonathan Taylor, but you know what I mean. I felt like we we're going to get canceled there. Uh, yeah, I, I will say, I will say like, <laughs> I, I, I got shit for this. Cause I didn't put them out there and you know, I will not. It's what we did with Kyron last year. There's reasons why we are the way we are. Like I, I like Devin. He's a great college football player. He's going to be amazing at Texas A&M. It wouldn't doubt me to see him having a better production than Spiller did this last year, but Spiller also didn't get the draft capital and Devin is not going to get the draft capital with how small he is. He would get, he's going to get destroyed in NFL. I think he can play a role. Can he be Kenneth Gainwell plus maybe, but that's not something he's getting drafted super high in Debbie right now. Like extraordinarily high and C2C. I kind of get it, but even in C2C you're drafting for a year of production. I don't know. Is that production really going to matter for your leagues? Like, I think that's a bad bet. I just go, I'm going to go draft someone in the Mac that Jeff hates and I'm just going to get all kinds of production as a freshman. Like <laughs> that's how I look at it. Like I'm out on Devin as, as far as an, a Debbie asset. I just think he's too small and yeah, he runs track. I swear to God, if one more person DMS me and tells me he runs track, so he has to stay small, I'm going to lose my mind. I know that I'm not an idiot. I, I know that he <laughs> runs track. He's still 185 listed. What does that mean? That means he's probably what 175, 180, yeah. somewhere around there. These guys can't just go eat 20 pounds worth of muscle and just get there. Like he's not going to get there. I don't care what anybody says. How much does track be, 
<laughs> well, he. I heard a rumor that he could have qualified for the Olympics, and I think maybe that's a better route for him than football. Anyway, shit. Yes, it, it could be. Like you know, does he play baseball too? Maybe he could go play there. Like I just, I don't see him as like a Devi asset. I just don't. I, I'm just not. I like him. He's nice, and I know other other people have have talked about him. But I I will let someone else make that mistake or make that risk. I won't make that risk. Where John Emery size speed profile i'll take that risk devin i won't take that risk yeah it's all about calculated right if you it size matters in the nfl we just went through this let's not make the same mistakes over Man, just ruined all of our our male listeners' dreams there. All right, so let's go through. We got one more guy we're going to talk about. I have film on, um, and then we'll just go through our last two real quick. Uh, Israel, damn it. Uh, Abanacanda. Abanacanda. I'm going to remember this. I I love Izzy. I don't know why. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm bad with names. I'm a teacher. Uh, 5'11", 215. Last year at Pitt, didn't get the usage that you like to see. 123 attempts, 651 yards, seven touchdowns. I love this kid. I think he's going to be special. They need a running back there because Keaton Slovis is there, and they're going to have to hand the ball off more than they want to admit in this offense. If he can get the usage with Addison not there, I do think that this is going to open up some stuff for him. Um, I like Izzy. Uh, I know that Christian likes Izzy as well because we've talked about him. Um, what do you, I think he has? I think he's a very good inside-out runner. I think he does have the speed that you like to see. I think he's a very solid running back. I don't put him in the upper echelon tiers, but I think he's solid and can produce. Yeah, with the exodus of the offensive staff, there they're really going to have to rely on him, like just like you talked about. And and Slovis is not going to be bringing um, as much as Kenny Pickett could bring a, an element of athleticism to the position. Keaton Slovis does not have an element of athleticism, and so um, it'll it's all, all on him. And he's a guy that can absolutely work his way up the board. Yeah, <clears throat> very talented runner, in my opinion. Really good patience, really good vision, really good burst things you look for and he's got workhorse size and he's shown a little bit of pass catching chops that run right there is going to be on every highlight film uh just to shift uh between now of course like you'd love to see better vision he hits the right hole the first time but if you can kind of work your way uh through different holes that's that's good too i like his uh his lateral agility he just looks like a very very talented back that's going to find a role at the nfl level yeah, I think he's an NFL back, right? Like when I watch his tape, to me personally, like, oh, he's gonna find it. He he's an NFL back. I don't know where he's gonna go, but he's an NFL back. And and there's nothing behind him. I don't think Rodney Hammond or Vincent Davis are gonna be a role there. They're smaller backs. Um, in reality, he's their guy this year. And so with an increased workload, that's what you'd like to see from him. But he's still a you know, he's still our running back twelve. We're not talking about him being a top five guy, but I think he does have value. I'd rather take him than Devin and Jane. Me too. All right, let's go through our last two real quick. We have, and I'll let him talk about it. We have Eric Gray on our list for some reason. I, I, to me, Eric Gray is a dead Debbie asset. Um, I, I honestly think Javante Barnes, a true freshman there, is going to actually be better uh, than, than Eric Gray. Uh, Kendra Miller from TCU. Uh, I liked him before they brought in two transfer running backs because apparently they don't like him as much as I do. Um, do you have any opinion on these guys, Jeff? No, I, I mean, I don't know. We, Eric Gray feels like a remnant of last year, basically. It, it's just it, we show, you know, Kennedy Brooks was better than him. Kenny Brooks didn't get drafted. And so what are we really hoping for with Eric Gray? I, I like I still like Gray's burst and athleticism, and that's why, like, I might 
take a shot, but I think he's at best a day three guy right now, which is with the depths of this class. And so what are you drafting with Kendra? Man, I, I love Kendra Miller's film. Uh, Like it's when, when I flipped on one of the TCU games, I couldn't tell the difference between him and Zach Evans on a couple different plays. And I said, Oh, okay. Uh, It shocked me how much I liked him. So um, we'll see what his usage is there. I, we talked about the, how uh, Zach Evans left because of the coach. I think Kendra might fall out of favor as well, which would suck. So, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I like Kendra Miller. I think, no, you're right about the tape, though. I watch TCU a lot because I like Zach Evans, and I'd be like, who's on the field? Oh, shit, that's Kendra Miller. And I'm like, he's good. And he and when he left, when when Zach Evans left, Kendra stepped right into that role, and they didn't really miss a beat in that offense. And that's that should tell you something, but it also should tell you something that a new staff brought in two guys and in a pass-heavy offense, too. And I think that's I, I'm concerned about. Um, but those are our running backs. We got anybody else that we want to kind of mention, or are we good? Mayan Williams. I don't care. Well, we're going to talk about him later, Jeff. All right. You're, you're, you're doing this. Yes. You're going to have your, your damn Ohio state time that you can talk about these guys. Uh, I know Christian probably want to talk about his guy. Yeah. Since I'm not going to talk about him, Pat Garwell, uh, it's a kid that, uh, from Boston college, he's going to rise up draft boards. He, he is an NFL back. I think he's got good contact balance. He's got more juice than you would expect. Uh, he is, He's not super high on my list. He's my, he's my RB nine. I have him ahead of Sean Tucker. Cancel me. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> honest evaluations here, folks. But yeah, I, I love him. I think that he could fall into day two capital. I really do. He's the muscle hamster. He's, he's Doug Martin reincarnated. I say like he is, he is, he's fine. Like he's going to be good. I think that boss college offense is going to be pretty good. Hey, where did uh, Doug Martin get drafted? First round, wasn't it? First round. Yes, it was. So that's why I think he can be a, a day two pick at least. Oh, yeah, I'm not there yet. But I like him though. <laughs> like I do, I do enjoy him there. All right, so here are our top uh, 14, and we'll get to the games. And we'll get you guys out of here. Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, and Zach Evans in our first tier. Then we have Kendall Milton, Take Bingsby, Sean Tucker, probably in our second tier. Then you get Quorum, Charbonnet, Emery Jr., um, Ch- Jace McClellan, Devin Chain, Israel. Abba, damn it. Israel. Izzy, Izzy, uh, Eric Gray and Kendra Miller. I, I'm going to do better for you, Izzy. Yeah, just know I'm your biggest supporter. Uh, those are our top 14, but we got other guys coming up there. If you want to check out our other rankings, we have all of our rankings on our Patreon. So please check that out if you're interested in it. Um, let's jump to the games. Let's go to the Sportsbook Rundown. It's the it's Sportsbook, Sportsbook Rundown. Rundown. Yes. So the Sportsbook Rundown where we pick games. Jeff won uh, by default. Uh, I think the Cubs were the the last thing that put him ahead. I don't know what the scores were, but Jeff won, so he has the first chip. And we will be picking. Uh, so it, we have some games on here that it won't make sense, but we're picking Heat and Celtics game seven. Uh, we're recording a little early, so I guess we have to say that now. Uh, Heat Celtics game seven. We'll know the answer to this when you're watching this. So, Kevin, who are you taking, Heat or Celtics? Man, this is going to be a great game seven. I can't, Jeff's going to watch basketball for the first time this year. I'm going to go heat. <laughs> I love this running joke that Jeff doesn't watch basketball <laughs> when he's been watching all of the playoffs. <laughs> uh, Jeff, who are you taking? Um, I'm going to go with Boston. Like if, if Boston doesn't win this series, that is an epic collapse. And so I'm going to go with Boston. Yeah. So the heat almost threw it away last game. And I think that the energy spent saving that will then, be gone. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Celtics in this game. 
Uh, next one, Avalanche versus Oilers game one. This is hockey, Kevin. Who are you taking? <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Avalanche. Okay. So in the last three days, I've learned everything about the Oilers hockey team. So I'm going to take the Oilers. So Connor McDavid is pretty good. All right. Um, sure. I'll, I'll, that sounds like good analysis. I'm going to go with the Oilers as well. Uh, next one. Um, <laughs> Tigers versus uh, Guardians on the Sunday day game. Uh, Kevin, who are you taking? I'll take the Guardians for you, Christian. Thanks. Jeff? I'm going to go with the Tigers. Got to go with my team, so I'll go with the Tigers. Yeah, and I have to take the Guardians, who look good today. Uh, Giants versus Reds, also Sunday day game. Kevin? Play with Giants. I'll take the, the Giants, too. This was just an honor for Kevin, but um, the Reds are like the first team in baseball, so we'll go with the Giants. They are, but they hung like 20 on someone this week. Uh, I'm still taking the Giants because the Giants are better. And then the last thing that we are going to pick, PGA. Oh, we're picking the tournament this weekend. So we're (laughs) picking the winner for tomorrow is what we're doing. The winner for tomorrow. Uh, So, Yeah, or for three days ago. So, uh, (laughs) Kevin, who are you taking? Uh, You know what? I'm going to take our guy, Scotty Shepard. Okay. Take his name, Scotty. Um, I've got enough different picks from Kevin. I'll take Scheffler to tie him out here. All right, I'll take Varner. I think Varner's going to make a little push here. So, all right, uh, that's the sportsbook rundown. This will be terrible content when you guys actually see it because all of these things will have happened, and you can call us idiots, and it'll be fun. So, uh, maybe it'll be good content. I guess. There's, all right, let's there's go not over. a lot going on. The pick. No, there's, <laughs> there's, there's not. Just just wait till the summer. It gets even worse. All right, let's go to Prospect Poker. Prospect, prospect Poker. poker. Uh, rules of the game are simple. We're going to play a little bit of poker. Uh, Why we do that, we're going to talk about our biggest risers and followers of the 23 class. Like we've been doing last week, we did the quarterbacks. Now we're in the running backs. Uh, so, riser, Christian, who is your riser? Guy we talked about already. Uh, I'm going to go with John Emery Jr. I think that he is going to end up being a day two draft pick. I think he's going to rush for about a thousand yards uh, this year, at least in that LSU offense. And I think that, uh, Jeff, what are you doing? (laughs) I don't know that it got shuffled last time because everything came up like in sequential order. So if you don't shuffle them right, it doesn't. It, it like if you just flip them over when you start it, it is all in order. So I restarted it. I'm fair enough. I tried hard to push through that and not say anything, but then it all got blown up. So uh, John Emery Jr. Riser this year. All right. So we have a four of spades, a three of diamonds and a 10 of hearts showing right now. And Christian leads us off with an eight of diamonds. Um, my pick as a riser is a guy that we didn't mention in the rankings. Well, I tried to Mayan Williams. And and I think that Mayan Williams is a very talented back. He's got an NFL body. Um, he's at Ohio state, obviously. And so he's primed for success there. And if a uh, Trivian Henderson, God forbid, I sure hope not doesn't miss any time. Um, but if that happens, I think Mayan Williams will step forward as being the leader in the backfield or, you know, Ohio state will be winning all their games by 50 points at halftime this year because they actually have a defense. And so you'll be seeing the second half. Mayan Williams will be milking teams, but I think that he's got an NFL body and I, I expect he's going to get drafted and he's not really going to be talked about too much in W circles, but I think he's going to go over some of these guys that normally get picked well in front of him. And I've got a six of diamonds. 
All right. My guy is going to be Kendra Miller from TCU. Uh, I think that <laughs> even though that he has his, like, I, even though they brought in two retransfer running backs and they go on pass heavy, I still can't get past the watching that film and seeing that talent on there. And I think that there is a chance that if there are some, he, he fights that job, he wins that job. We're talking about a guy that maybe has a pass catching role because within that offense, he's going to have that ability. And then he can also rush and, and, be, and be a good runner. So I'm going to go Kendrick Miller and think he can rise up the board and don't ever wish any injury on my boy, Travion Henderson again, Jeffrey, but don't ever. Yeah, I do I, I, no, I no, not, you put it out. I am not wishing an uh, injury on, and, and I'm just talking, I'm just talking and, and everybody's freaked out that I wishing injury on DJ Moore. Good Lord, people. I'm just talking here. I'm just yeah, saying the bad juju all around. An ace of diamonds. To be fair, bad juju is on the Steelers, and we were <laughs> just to good juju now. All right, uh, we're going to talk fallers now, and my faller is Eric Gray. We just talked about him. Um, you know, I just see a day three guy at best, even if he hits his potential. He hasn't hit his potential. There's a reason he didn't play uh, against Kennedy Brooks, and so I don't think NFL teams are really going to be in on him. An ace of diamonds for Christian. So he's sitting with an ace high right now. Um, my pick, we've already buried him, but uh, Devin and Shane. And um, he's, I don't know really what you're getting. And so if you're drafting him high in a Debbie draft, I mean, God bless you. But um, he's fast. Cool. And I've got a five of clubs. All right. Oh, yeah, you didn't. I thought you had a straight, but I can't count. All right, my guy is going to be Chase McClellan from Alabama. That's simple. He's not very good. They brought in runners around him. I think the freshman guys that they brought in are going to challenge him for that backup role, and I'm out as a, as a running back for him. I think I was going to transfer. Ooh, a king of hearts. That means Kevin wins with uh, Kevin and Christian tied with a pair of aces, and Kevin has a king high. So nice. what a fantastic game of poker we just played. <laughs> But that brings us to our last game. And our last game is a little bit Black of blackjack. We, we play trivia questions. Once you hit, you get right a beneficial outcome. You get it wrong, a non-beneficial outcome. And Christian's going to lead us off with a 15. Kevin is going to throw up a Ooh. 20. So Kevin's looking pretty That's good right. to start. Oh. And I have a 16 currently. So um, I have a question for you, Christian. Okay. What back, what returning power five running back led the NCAA in running in rushing touchdowns? I, I don't know if I phrased that right, but the most <laughs> rushing touchdowns for a returning power five back. Um power five. Oh, um we just walked it was it someone we just talked about? It was not, but it was somebody that maybe keep your eye on for this class. Um, oh man, I don't, I don't have a guess. I don't have a good guess. Tavion Thomas had 21 touchdowns for Utah last year. He did, but he's also I like 27. That. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know. People are starting to debunk oh, that. I, I busted. He wouldn't busted. Have give it a one. I know. It's a bummer. Um, Kevin, do you have any questions? No, go ahead, Christian. I'm excited for this one. Okay. Um, who led the nation in yards per game, including G5? Led the nation in yards per game, including G5. Rasheen Ali. Nope. Kevin, who is it? Lou Nichols, baby. Yep, it there is. Rasheen Ali is in the top 10, though, so that's a good guess. All right. I busted. So, so Kevin wins the Kevin show. Wins. 
Oh man, I haven't won in a while. What's going on? <laughs> you get your. Uh, I get your my time. thirty seconds, baby. Um, biggest thing is right now for Debbie, and I, I actually mentioned it earlier. I think that we give up on prospects a little bit too early. Uh, we we see guys like Jackson Dart not having a very good spring, and now people are are trading them. They somebody dropped down to their QB like sixteen. Uh, you see like JJ McCarthy hasn't played because he got a soldier injury and we got guys, you know, in the top 40 and falling out of the top 40. Like, I think as a Debbie analyst and as Debbie kind of just scouting and doing these things, we got to be careful to just jump to conclusions about players early on in the process. And, and, and it's smart to get away from certain guys, but only after we have enough to be there, like Jackson Dart deserves the benefit of the doubt. He got to a new system. He prammed to Ole Miss late. He's all the way across the country in a new spot, in a new offense, new team, and he's a young 18-year-old kid. Let's relax on some of these kids and where they're at and understand that they have talent there and, and they can win out. And there's a whole summer to play and there's a whole fall, you know, fall ball and everything there. So, you know, don't jump off the train on some of these guys with talent based on their situations. You got to remember these kids, these are kids too, and, and they're going to struggle from that. Um, it's okay to jump off the train for some of these guys based on what they've done in the field, but be careful with spring, spring game narratives and early season narratives. Love it. All right. Well, we will be back. We will be back on June seventh at nine thirty Eastern, and we'll be talking. Our, our, I think our favorite. I love wide receivers. I know these guys too. We'll be talking twenty twenty three wide receivers. Apparently, there's not elite people in this class. We'll have to debunk that that myth. So, I'm Kevin Coleman at the Boys underscore twenty two. I'm Jeff Bell at For Whom J Bell Tolls, and I am Christian Williams at C Williams NFL, and this is the Debbie Royale. Thank you for listening to the Debbie Royale. Follow us on Twitter at The Debbie Royale. If you haven't already, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash The Debbie Royale. Tune in on YouTube every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But until then, this has been The Debbie Royale.